Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Welcome to Beyond the Ropes, a boxing podcast brought to you by Easley Boxing Repeat. The place for the Northwest and boxing news. News, reviews, and interviews. Here's your host, Sean Basso. So it's episode number 12 of Beyond the Ropes Boxing Podcast. My name's Sean Bastow. Uh, today we're doing the review of 2017. Uh, my two guests on the podcast for today, uh, guys from Snowpa- Snowflake Promotions, uh, we've got Mike Smallman and Mike Young. Guys, how are you doing? Yeah, good man. Yeah, Cheers. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So we've got you on uh, for the podcast of 2017. We're going to do a quick review uh, and a few sort of mantle awards for some of the fighters this year that we've enjoyed watching. Um, and obviously, we're going to be doing a podcast with you shortly as well to talk about Snowflake Promotions. Um, so let's let's get straight into it. So 2017 has been a fantastic year for boxing. Uh, obviously, I started Eat Sleep Boxing Repeat back in July, so I've started it middle of the year, perfect timing. Get to get into it there's so many local fighters that are doing really really well and I'm really starting to enjoy following their journeys um, I want to talk about some of the local guys up at your end first of all because there's quite a few of them uh, from Elite Boxing Gym which is where you guys train yeah. so first of all talk us through some of the fighters that have been impressive for you in 2017 at Elite Boxing Gym um, Jack Flatley for I'm me say Jack Flatley has yeah, been probably yeah. one of the top performers out of the gym hasn't he yeah definitely uh, yeah. Yeah. appearing on big shows he was at Frank Warren's dinner show when he a couple of he weeks was back. yeah uh, Box Nation appearances and he's just going from strength to strength I'm scared of anybody he's not he's, fighting, impre- he's improving he's improving every time every, every time. time he goes out every time he's impressive you know, so. He's definitely, he's definitely the star of that gym for me. He's definitely going to be looking at um, going into 2018 uh, for a professional title now. He's at the stage. Is it what? What is he now? Is he 11 or 12 uh, wins? I can't remember off the top of my head. I put, that mark, he is around that mark. Yeah, I think I, he's 10, isn't he? He's 10. He could be. He could be. I think he's looking at. His, I think he's broken to the top 20. The country. Yeah, yeah. The country well, the British yeah. rankings. Um, I think he was. He was due to fight. Um, a lad on Frank Warren's show that had probably pushed him up more towards the top 10 but I think that lad dropped out didn't he he ended up having a late standing yeah front, he did yeah for the Frank Warren show yeah but um, definitely looking at an English or a British title I think yeah I mean he's definitely one for me I've seen him in action I've done some interviews with him I've been up to the gym and I've seen him uh, and he's definitely one that people are talking about around this particular area and like you say if he can get to the end of 2018 because he's had a great 2017 if he goes into 2018 and starts picking up the professional titles that's when you're really going to see Jack Flatley uh, you know on the scene he's going to be on the Box Nation slash BT Sports shows as well coming up this year uh, in 2018 so we're really looking forward to that um but talk to us about who else is over there because there is some other fantastic prospects in that gym you've got Osman Osman's really impressive yeah Osman's good fast fast very very fast he's definitely one for the future 
to look out for definitely how's me they're all they're all going to be they're all definitely British title standardised at minimum up at that gym you know I think even Mike Ellison as a you know, it's good shout out for Mikey there because obviously um, he, he picked up a loss, didn't he? Yeah. Um, and then he seems to have bounced back from that loss, and then he looks quite impressive in his last fight. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and and obviously now he's he's, he's progressed and ended 2017 on, on a high, really. Yeah. Um, so next year he is really going to be wanting to push on for looking at uh, you know maybe uh, a British Challenge belt a central area um, you know going down that route but he's um, he, he's around a lot of great people and obviously with uh, Alex Matvienko you know his mentor and, and, and Osmond's and obviously Jack's as well there's no one really better around that particular area that's going to be able to take him any, as far as as Matvienko is going to be able to take him which is re- going to be good because he, he works him hard he works him really hard yeah, and I've, well, seen, I've seen him he works, he works the lads hard from amateur level all the way up even the lads that aren't f- competing you know that are just going there and made a bit of fight on one of our shows they get drilled from top to bottom you know he, he trains yeah, he, doesn't, he doesn't treat anybody any different no he trains the club fighters like he trains the pros you know yeah. that's, that's, that's the way it works and then that's the way he should be to be yeah. fair you know he's, yeah. he's, he's treating everybody the same everybody uh, has got their ambitions to, to do well um, so obviously Osman Aslam I've seen him a couple of times on a, a few of the shows recently uh, in the past six months of the year which is when I started Eat Sleep Boxing with Pete I got to see Osman a few times and I was really impressed with Osman and his speed and his punch variety uh, and, and I think as you said I think he's definitely going to be one um, for 2018 to watch yeah. certainly but 2017 has been quite a successful year for Osman uh, he's had some good wins um, I think he's now is he about 10 and 0 as well now isn't he yeah, so. um, I'm, I'm, yeah I've just checked before and Jack is, is 10 and 0 actually uh, Jack Flatley uh, and I think I'm pretty sure Osman's either 9 or 10 and 0 but he's um, he, he's doing fantastically well uh, in 2017 and yeah so there you go 10 and 0 so I think Osman's another one to watch, but yeah, an- another fighter, uh, obviously in the gym, is uh, Cassim Nayaz as well. Yeah. Um, obviously, I've, I've I've interviewed Cass before, uh, and I've seen a lot of him in the gym, and he, he looks like he's going to be progressing. Um, he's had a good 2017, but he wants to have an excellent 2018. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, what what do you make of his sort of chances for 2018? To be honest, Mel, to be honest, we haven't seen too much of him with him being new to the gym. I'll be, I'll be yeah, I'm the same. To be honest, I haven't seen too much. Yeah, of him. he's just recently come to he's the gym. Only recently come over to elite boxing, hasn't he? Um, so yeah, I've not really seen much of him. Well, he's um, he, he he had a couple of fights scheduled, didn't he? Um, he had one in Oldham in July, and then uh, and there was a talk of him fighting another local Blackburn lad in Shakib Ali, which we'll talk about a little bit later. Um, and then obviously next year, I've I've seen on social media he was looking to to get into some of the bigger uh, bigger fish to fry. So he's another one in the gym. Obviously, like you say you've not seen much of him, but from what I've seen of him, I think he's going to be one for yeah. to, another one to put elite boxing gym on the on the map next year. Um, so it's a pretty good stable of fighters at the moment that um, Alex Matvienko is building over there, and obviously you guys train over there yeah, yeah. and do a lot of training yourselves over there. So. Um, out, out of all, it's going to be a biased, biased answer that I'm going to get off you now. Uh, <laughs> my, my first, my first sort of award for 2017, um, because it's mostly the local scene that I've concentrated on. Uh, I'm, I'm going to award Danny Wright with the local fighter for me for 2017. Um, I'll talk a little bit about Danny, but I'll, I, I know what's coming from you guys. Tell me who your 2017 fight local fighter is. For me, Jack Flatley. Definitely. What about you, Mike? Mark Efron for me. Mark Efron. Yeah. That's an interesting one because um, obviously Mark is, uh, I'd say Mark now, he's, he's, he's pushing, he's definitely pushing British scene. Um, I don't I don't like to categorise people, but when I say local guys, what I mean by that is I mean guys that are starting out the journeys, um, you know, sort of professional debuts up to say 10 to, to 13 fights in. Um, Mark is now, I think he's 18, 19 fights in, undefeated. Yeah. Uh, he's got a good contract with Frank Warren. He's training under Ricky Hatton. He's somebody that is an absolute banger yeah. um, <laughs> we've, we've, we've talked about it off off the air off the podcast and we, we you know we, we were quite excited about what Mark's going to bring uh, for 2018 but he's had a great 2017 uh, in, in his last fight you know he stopped an opponent 
that had never been stopped before yeah. and, and that's some feat and, and he's gradually made his way down from super middleweight to middleweight yeah. which is I think is going to make him a very very dangerous fighter definitely a middleweight mate he's stopping I mean like you say I think he's got his knockout percentage at super was 80% you know, just imagine what he's going to do and he's a big super middleweight yeah. he's a big super middleweight very very lean always training always in shape uh, I just think he's come on leaps and bounds whilst he's been over a hat and gym, yeah, yeah. yeah, definitely, yeah. yeah. Very dangerous at middleweight. Yeah, I, I feel think. sorry for me. <laughs> <laughs> he, well, this is it. He's a he's a he's a great fighter, and I'm really looking forward for for what 2018 holds. But when we talk about 2017, and we talk about he's uh, he, he he did what I try and get out again in December, but obviously had a little bit of a niggle, so he couldn't get out in December. But he had a great fight uh, in his previous fight, and he, he stopped like I say an opponent that had never been stopped before. So he's he's making he's making statements against these bigger opponents, yeah, yeah. and I think when 2018 comes around, we're going to be looking at um, a, a great year for him. Obviously, he's got his British title eliminator uh, against Liam Cameron coming up. Yeah. So then that makes him, you know, potentially ready for a British title come summer next year. Wow. So, yeah, great local fighter of the year to pick. Um, you said Jack Flatley. Yeah. We've talked about Jack a little bit before. Yeah. Uh, obviously, Jack's 10-0, which we confirmed. Um, Jack's looking to push on next year. I, I, I agree with, you I know... I see him winning titles next year. Yeah, well, I, I, I agree. He's, um, he's a very good fighter. He's hungry. He wants it. This is this. This is what we want to see, guys. We want to see these guys doing well. Uh, my local fight, as I said, was Danny Wright. He's a little bit further back in his journey uh, compared to sort of Mark and uh, Jack. He's only a few fights behind where Jack is at the moment, yeah. but he's at seven seven and zero this year. And I've just been really impressed with his performances, the way he's systematically broke down his opponents in the fights that I've seen him in, and. I'd speak to a lot of people in the boxing community and when you ask him about prospects and you ask him about people that are going to go somewhere, there's always names flying around everywhere, the, the usual people, the usual faces, but Danny's name always crops up with a lot of people in boxing and he, he's always, they're always saying, um, the, the phrase that's being used at the moment is a big statement and a big bold statement of that, uh, that Danny could be the next Ricky Hatton. Um, he, it is quite a statement to make, but when you, when it's from people that have been in the game for a long time, you start to, you, you do trust them people. Yeah, you do believe it. When, when people are telling you he's going to be the next Ricky Hatton, you kind of think, mm, he is. And then when you see him in action, you really will then start to believe it and he's got a fantastic support uh, he's from Oldham Failsworth he's got a great local support and I think uh, he's had a great year uh, 2018 holds a lot of uh, good things for Danny Wright um, moving on for uh, other awards for 2017 this is a good one uh, Journeyman of the Year guys Mikey Will Warburton for me Will Warburton for you Chris Jenkinson for Oh, interesting. So we've got Chris Jenkinson, we've got Will Warburton, uh, and mine. Uh, some people might say when they listen to it, oh, Sean's just being biased again. <laughs> there's, there's no there's no bias in this in this ans- in this uh, award for this particular fire, and it's only because I have seen quite a few journeymen. I have seen Will in action. Uh, I haven't actually seen Chris in action. I've not managed to get to see Chris live, uh, but I have seen his fights, and he's a, he's a great fighter, the credit to the sport. Um, but for me, this, this so far from what I I've seen um, Daryl Sharp from Kieran Farrell's gym is, is my journeyman this year only because the guy is such a hard man uh, not like oh, any journeyman isn't a hard man not at all uh, but when, you, when when I'm sat there commentating on Daryl's fight and he's looking over at me while he's getting bludgeoned in the head by his opponent and he's smiling and pulling his tongue at me <laughs> to me that means that the guy can take a, the guy can take anything that anyone throws at him he's a very hard man uh, and Daryl you've had a fantastic year in terms of getting on the road and giving all these up and coming prospects a good good test um, I'd like to mention uh, a special journeyman uh, which did a podcast earlier on uh, in the year with us which was Curtis Gagano the entertainer um, I, I always love speaking I love speaking to Curtis and I love watching Curtis and he's so he's, he's, he's told me so many times he's desperate for he's desperate to get that win and you know it's surprising because with journeymen obviously they go you know some of them go in there uh, and, and, and they want to put on a good performance and they want to get more fights and they want to get paid every week which yeah, is understandable because yeah. that's what you know when you go down that route that's what you kind of 
go there for essentially but with someone like Curtis he's showing such desire to, to, to get that win under his belt because he's not had a professional win yet in his career whereas some of these gentlemen we're talking about yeah. have actually had wins like Daryl Sharp was a central area middleweight champion this year yeah. until he lost uh, to Matthew Ryan um Obviously, Chris Jenkinson had a um, had a, a good win this year um, earlier on against. Um, I can't remember who it was. Artif was it? Yeah, uh, it was Artif who we uh, who we knocked out this year, um, and that was a quite a. <laughs> a controversial one be- yeah. because uh, Artif didn't want uh, the, the video to, to go online from what I believe which yeah. was uh, quite quite funny yeah. um, but hey it is what it is uh, Chris Jenkins in a good year Daryl's had a good year in terms of what journeyman can achieve um, Curtis you know he's been out quite a few times this year he's looking to try and actually get a professional win next year so I'm looking forward for them Will Warburton had a good win on the road this year at yeah, K- yeah. one of Kieran Farrell's shows um, so again you know you talk about these journeyman new guys you're just expecting there to go in and get beat all the time um, you know they've picked up a few good wins this year to be fair yeah, to them yeah. Yeah, yeah. so credit to them for getting in the ring and doing what they do best and and, and giving us entertainment uh, so for me that's the that, my Daryl is my journeyman of the year um, and I, I want to sort of move on um, it's only a bit of a short analysis of the local scene because there has been obviously other uh, other local assessments done this year and I, I don't want it to kind of cross over too much with them so I want to really then start to focus on the uh, the, the British boxing and world team which is the ones that you know gets a lot of people talking um, so the first one that I put on my list um, you're going to like this one is stoppage of the year and this is across British and world boxing um, so there's been quite a few interesting fights and quite a few good stoppages this year yeah there are been a lot on there. I'm going to go for Charlo Lubin. Me, to be honest, that guy looked like he'd been hit by a sniper. Yeah, I'm sir. Charlo Lubin. It was an unreal stoppage. It was his first. It was the first punch he threw as well, yeah. wasn't it? Yeah. That, that's the best. That's the best thing about it. It literally, it was quite tentative for a few seconds, and then Charlo throws that punch, and then all of a sudden he's over. Yeah. And you're just like, I've really just witnessed that. <laughs> No, that's uh, <laughs> it's a good one to pick. It's uh, I, you know I really enjoyed seeing that. It's uh, definitely a highlight, highlight real knockout. Yeah. Um, another highlight real knockout that I wanted to pick for this year uh, is uh, Eubank knocking Yildirim. Um, well, although it, it was essentially for me, I don't know. You might differ on opinion on this one, but when he hit him and he dropped him, it looked like it was his eyes had rolled back, in his, head, back in his head and. Although it wasn't a clean, clean knockout as such, where he was, you know, unconscious, the referee had seen that. He was in a very good position to see that, and he stopped the fight straight away. Yeah. Um, do you think that was obviously the right call with that well, one? Definitely. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, he wasn't throwing anything back really properly either, was he? he was no. Forward hands, eye guard. It was, it was what's it? His bread and butter, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. yeah of course it was. Yeah. It was a very, very shrewd pick. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he did. He, uh, it's like Abraham. It's like the Abraham fight, wasn't it? In a way, just that Abraham was a lot tougher. Yeah, you know he was tougher. I mean? Yeah, no, I agree. I agree. I agree with that one. And we'll talk a little bit about the um, World Boxing Super Series for 2017 uh, a little bit later on. Uh, but my pick for, for sort of knockout of the year would have been Eubanks over the other, and just because I felt like it was pretty brutal. Whilst there has been other brutal knockouts this year, that was mine. Um, it was a big statement from him this year, wasn't it, to say that he, yeah. he was here. I'm here kind of thing that's that's what it was it, people people were talking about him before they were talking a lot more about him after that stoppage I thought it was very impressive wasn't it the performance yeah. on the whole well it wasn't it wasn't just that as well um, what, what impressed me the most is that beforehand a lot of people you know in the media were saying um, he, he hasn't got that one punch that will stop somebody now we've seen that he can stop somebody with one punch yeah. essentially which a lot of Eubanks fights are an accumulation of punches through throughout the rounds he wears people down he systematically grinds them down and eventually puts them to a halt but yeah. this one you know he, he traded with Yildiram and he got that left hook through and it was uh, a fantastic left hook which we're not used to seeing from uh, Chris Eubank because his trademark is the uppercut yeah, he, loves the he really does he love them uppercuts and um <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I can't. I can't argue with that. I really can't. Um, but yeah, he's made a statement for that, and that's my knockout of the year. Um, moving on, and this is going to be one that's um, 
going to cause a little bit of a debate now because we were talking <laughs> about it before we went on the podcast and we were talking about out of all the fights that have gone on around the world this year which one was the one that impressed you the most what would you say would be your fight of the year Mike I'm coming to you first mine is Dominic Brazil and uh, as you were going on Mikey AJ Klitschko AJ Klitschko for me um, Mike talk us through that Brazil fight talk us through um, how you think how you th- why you think that's the fight of the year it was just I'm a going okay mate in the first round and he was kind of dictating everything Brazil was well off the pace um, th- both guys went down twice in the fight it was just it was just one of the proper quality heavyweight fights I like heavyweight boxing mate you know I know I'm, yeah you're I big don't really watch yeah. I mean I might watch you know I watch super middleweight I watch a few of the other weights but for me it's, it's all about it's, it's the king of the divisions isn't it yeah heavyweight boxing and for me it was just a great heavyweight fight <laughs> a great heavyweight fight it was yeah. I mean Brazil was kind of coming off the back of the AJ loss and everything as you were going I was touted as being maybe a, a really big prospect in the division um, and it was kind of they were kind of both at a crossroads you know it was either going to propel or going all onwards and upwards you know what I mean I was yeah. going to kind of save Brazil in a way well it has done because he's gone on for a title eliminator and he's going to be fighting Wilder at some point I think um, and it's just a brilliant fight I and mean, if you've not seen it watch it I sent it to him on Facebook the night <laughs> please watch this fight it's so that's definitely one you'd recommend for, for YouTube then oh definitely mate yeah, yeah brilliant fight uh, Mikey, now obviously we both picked AJ versus Klitschko yeah. uh, I'd be interested to hear why you think that would be the fight of the year just with the way they went about it, they built up to it. There was no hate. There was all respect. They left everything in the ring. The way he put Klitschko down and he, he put he put AJ down, just the way they went about it, it was an unreal fight. Really, really, really hard fight. And I don't think AJ expected him to be that good. You know, I think he thought it was going to be easy for him. And it was good to see AJ struggle as well against the fighter, especially someone like Klitschko. Yeah, really good. Well, I totally agree with what you said, um, and just because I think, like you say, it was um, it was when the fight was announced, it was like, well, he's been beat off Tyson Fury, Klitschko, yeah. and yeah. he got beat in a bit of an emphatic fashion. Really, he, he, everything that he threw was negated by Fury, and you felt to yourself, you know, is this the right time for for yeah. AJ to fight? And it's probably going to be easy pickings, yeah, and I, th- I think AJ thought it was going to be. Easy. I, I, I think a lot of people thought it was going to be easy pickings. To be honest with you, um, and and at one point myself I suspected that AJ was gonna gonna blast through Klitschko because I yeah. thought if you look at Klitschko's record and the losses he has had um, he doesn't like to be hit but then he doesn't get hit a lot he capitulates going under pressure now he has been known for that in his career Corey Sanders is one where he, he got stopped but I think it was nice it was good to see Klitschko go life and death like yeah. that it's the first time I've seen him do that throughout his whole career yeah. and actually bite down and yeah. And well, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, he had to, yeah. yeah, yeah. It's the first time I've ever yeah. really seen him do that. Do you know what I mean? I mean, yeah. he could say he did against Pulev in the Pulev fight. He stood there toe to toe, and he fought. But Pulev was not Josh Josh, is he? No, no. That that's the thing. I think obviously Pulev. He was very. He's got that European style, very square on, and he was kind of made for for Klitschko. Well, he did give it a go. Obviously, Joshua's got the more movement to him, more, a little bit more to his game than what what Pulev has. Um, now, for me. When when the fight started, uh, I was surprised by how sprightly um, and how much lateral movement Klitschko used in that fight because yeah. I wasn't expecting him to to be bouncing around the ring. He was practically bouncing around the ring for the first few rounds, and I thought, he, you know, when I seen that and I seen him try, trying to establish a jab, and he, he was he was actually getting success in the first couple of rounds. Uh, I thought. I think um, you know Joshua might you might have Joshua's number here, yeah. uh, and then when the big blow started to come through, and he eventually caught Klitschko with that first knockdown yeah. and got him down, I thought this is it now. This is where it's going to end. And then obviously we see we see the big blowout from from AJ trying to finish that round, and that's one mistake he'll um, that's one mistake he'll he'll never make again was blowing himself out. Yeah, um, he tried to take him out. Didn't he, he did. That's the thing. He tried to take him out in that round. That's what Joshua does though. Yeah. And then he sees it, doesn't he? And he, want, he wants to stop I mean, him. I mean, there. he was gassing against Takam. He was gassing against Takam, weren't he? Yeah. He's coming to where the last two fights. And well, the thing the thing was in, that was interesting is that we got into the the next round, which uh, has been voted by. Um, I think it's the Ring magazine uh, have, have, have confirmed that that round was the round of the year. 
um, when round number six, which was where we seen Joshua for the first time hit the canvas after yeah. taking a, a right, right a right hand that would have probably stopped most of yeah. the heavyweights in the division and has stopped a lot of heavyweights yeah. in Klitschko's career. Uh, for to see him take that and then to see him get up and survive that round uh, was was obviously credit to him, and and, and that's where the life and death situation started to really come in then because then we yeah. started to see a mixed, mixed bag of rounds because we started to see Klitschko on top and then towards the end, obviously, when AJ successfully got the stoppage, we've seen AJ had a second wind and then we was just like, oh my God, what's going on? You just don't expect this to happen in a heavyweight fight. Mm-hmm. Um, it's definitely the, probably the most exciting heavyweight fight I've seen for... Uh, a while obviously there's been a couple since we've, as Mike's uh, mentioned there the Brazil fight um, but in in terms of elite level or supposed elite level fighters someone like Klitschko who's been a champion for over a decade before he got beat to Fiora uh, and then for someone like AJ for his biggest test um, it, it was just what everybody wanted to see because we've seen a lot of heavyweight fights that have been stink fests yeah. we have um, yeah. let's admittedly say that there's been so many fights over the years where you think I'm ready for this fight I'm ready for it and it just doesn't come off the way you want it to yeah. this one delivered on, on all accounts so that's why I picked that as fight of the year yeah. uh, for me because of the whole build up surrounding it the actual fight itself and then the aftermath of it as well yeah. and what that created afterwards obviously Klitschko retired he, he was apparently moments away from signing a return deal with Joshua and then decided no you know what I'm going to have any of this yeah, yeah. I, I've done I've done enough in my career now I'm going to call it a day so we called it a day and, and now we get the big heavyweights on the scene um, we've got a potential fight with obviously Parker and AJ and then there's Wilder yeah and then there's there's Wilder there's Dillian White uh, Lucas Brown flying around there's there's so many fighters now that are, uh, are coming through that we could see good matchups with for 2018 it's looking like an exciting year for heavyweight boxing it's the best since the 90s I say definitely yeah no I, I would tend to agree I think we've had a bit of a lull for the past probably 10 years or so and then all of a sudden it's just starting to explode on the scene um, and then we've obviously got a lot of British heavyweights coming through as well which is even more exciting um, obviously the one that comes to mind is someone who, who's progressed really well in a short space of time and that's Daniel Dubois um, Gorman I, as well and yeah Nathan Gorman um, a fight that's been talked about on social media between Dubois and Gorman at some point I think, you know, I think that probably would happen yeah. I think it'd have to happen given the scene I think maybe a little bit later in the career because I think they're both, they're both of the Warren aren't they yes they yeah they are going to put them in with each other so early no. on I don't think I think it's a fight that's he's definitely brewing um, if it happens fantastic if it doesn't and it happens later on down the line even better because we'll see how far they can both go yeah yeah, yeah. Um, so that anyway that was my fight of the year I'm starting to go off tangent a little bit and starting to talk about exciting heavyweight fights for Britain um, let's look at look down at uh, another uh, interesting <laughs> another interesting one which is going to stoke some debate and I don't know if you've had time to think about this one but the best show uh, of the year this year it doesn't have to be an individual show uh, as in a, you know a setup. you know like you've got your, your Frank Warren promotions your Matchroom uh, you know you've got the World Boxing Super Series you've got obviously your, your stuff over in America the Mayweather McGregor event what was the best event for you this year it would be a better word to phrase it best event it's got the World Boxing Super Series yeah. yeah I'd, I'd say that yeah, well, yeah. What, what? It'd have to be one other card to beat that. So a promoter would have to put one other card on to yeah. beat that. What, 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 what is it about the World Boxing Super Series that's impressed you so much? Uh, you know, with it coming into play this year, because we had the we had the Super Six a few years ago, and it just seemed to drag out for a very long very time. Long time yeah. And now we've got this World Boxing Super Series. What do you, what do you think they've brought the the Sourlands have brought to this the table? that's different from what say Matchroom HBO Showtime all them there's no ducking no you can't duck the guys you can't can they they're basically putting, they're putting the best against the best. best against the best I mean they were all top 15 ranked weren't they yeah I think um, and yes he's putting the best against the best and the titles are on the line they're the, the fights you want to see but sometimes don't get made because people are belt hogging or they're protecting or they're trying to make more money or whatever which further is because it's a business you know what I mean the fighters have got to make the money yeah but um, 
Yeah, definitely. Just because it's pitting the best against the best. It's, it's funny because I've picked the World Boxing Super Series as event of the year, uh, and, and and again, a lot of the reasons why you suggest that it's the uh, you know sort of the events of the year is because of the way it's set up. It's a new format. It's different. Uh, the best are going against the best. I mean, realistically, would you see uh, Groves against Eubank outside of the World Boxing Super Series? I don't think so. No. 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 I don't think you would either I don't think you would have seen that fight happen but now we're getting to see it happen in 2018 where we're getting to see two guys that uh, are at the peak of the game and we're going to see the fights that we want to see yeah. um, and, and that's that's, that's why it's the best and every fight's been good I mean, yeah, every really fight I've watched yeah. has, been, has been good even the cards even the undercards have been decent yeah, the, the yeah you're right the value of the show has just looked brilliant that, that's what's done it for me is the, the whole production value of the show you know it, it comes across when you first watch it for the first time uh, it came across a little bit cheesy at first but then it grew on me yeah. and what I mean by cheesy is I mean like when they get the fighters on the podiums and yeah. they start announcing the names yeah. and it's like it's dead gladiatorial type environment yeah, yeah. and they're making a massive fuss of it it's not your standard run of the mill MC saying here we go it's um, such and such a body it's they're getting him on a podium putting the lighting on down on the podium onto them <laughs> and saying here he is this is the fighter you want to yeah, see yeah. you know it's it's he's making it slightly different um we, we, you know, the MC, uh, a different MC. You know, not what we used to hearing. The different kind of tone of expression, the way he announces. Not buffer, is it? Yeah, it's just not buffer. It's not Jimmy Lennon Junior. Uh, it's, it's it's somebody different that's giving us a different spin on things. And then the undercard fights have been amazing. Yeah, they've been the undercard. The the best the best one the best undercard fight and the sh- most shocking result I seen uh, was John Ryder over Patrick Nielsen. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, it was a good fight as well. Wow, I wasn't expecting that. Good fight as well, yeah. He is, but he was definitely, he was definitely kind of. I think what what they thought was they were going to hand feed John Ryder to Patrick Nielsen because Nielsen had only had one defeat prior to that, yeah, yeah. and he was he's a he's a Sourland fighter and he's he's been touted as the next the big, next big thing, uh, the next big Mikhail Kessler yeah, yeah, yeah. basically. And for John Ryder to go in there as a smaller guy and and totally dismantle him the way he did, yeah, yeah. You wow. If you've not watched it, Mikey, you need to watch it. Yeah, I think he's in with a title. Is he in with a title shot for that? Or I'm sure it was a title shot eliminated, wasn't it? Um, oh, I can't remember. Could a uh, regular belt? I can't remember what it was. Yeah, you know, you could you could be right. Um, and I think that's why Patrick Nielsen was the one that was expected to go on and walk through John Ryder but John Ryder's just ripped, ripped up the script on that yeah. night and just said no I'm not having it and John Ryder's been been beat on the domestic scene a couple of times hasn't he for that British belt a few times only, but it's um, I mean it'd just be nice to see him win a title wouldn't it yeah he would he would he would and I, I think he's got an opportunity and I, I, I don't think um, Sowerland's um, are going to hand feed anybody to anybody again after that one um, it was really good and, and I do hope that John Ryder gets you know a, a shot yeah. uh, because it's a tough, tough division domestically yeah, yeah massively tough on. division I mean you know no disrespect to Paul Smith but Paul Smith's had four title shots and I don't agree that he, had, he, he, he deserved every single one of them um, especially the last two in particular I don't think he, he deserved him um, but he got given them and it, you know it was good business good business move from Eddie Hearn doing that for him and you know fair play he went in and he, he did what he could do but he didn't come away with the titles but when you're getting someone who's having four title shots like that and at least two of them probably wasn't deserved some might say all of them wasn't deserved but I wouldn't be as harsh as that because I do feel he deserved at least maybe his first title shot yeah. um, but you know, when you've got guys like that getting the title shots, if that can be made for John Ryder, there's an opportunity for him there. Yeah, Ty- Tyrone Zeiger is, is is a fighter that you know he could potentially go in against um, and, and beat. You just never know. You never know. You ne- I never expected that fight to come the way it did uh, on that World Boxing Super Series card. But um, Smith Scoglin was a fantastic fight. Um, I thought it was a really good test for Callum. Yeah. Um, you know, we thought. He's going to walk through Scotland there. He really didn't just walk through him. Scotland is a very good fighter, and, and obviously we've we've heard since that fight that you know he was um, he, he suffered a bleed on the brain um, in sparring, which he's now out of intensive care, which we're very happy about because um, there's not that's the last thing we want to see in boxing is that happen to somebody, and I hope he's able to get back to to normal life, um, and I hope that you know that that happens 
very soon. But that was a good fight, Smith and Scotland. Yeah. I really enjoyed that fight between them two. It's shown Smith's got a lot of heart because I wasn't expecting him to take as much uh, in the fight as he did, and he did, and he came through it, and he came through it with a busted nose as well. Yeah. And I'd never seen him with anything like that in any other fight. So for me, it was again putting the best against the best um the production value of the show and i've said it before i'd love to see a world boxing super series uh at all weights definitely oh, yeah. it's like the Champions League of boxing isn't it yeah if you could put it yeah yeah. Yeah, yeah, essentially, yeah. yeah essentially yeah yeah it is it's, it's just it's like your knockout stages or you could even call it the World Cup of boxing or you know it's, it's any any sort of label you want to put on it it is what it is yeah. um, and we could see um, I was talking about it a few days back about maybe doing a World Boxing Super Series featherweight um, that'd be that'd be amazing a heavyweight one would be amazing yeah, um, one would be it, it, it's good because it's what what it's also doing as well is it's like you say it's the best fighting the best it's forcing the promoter's hands as well yeah which is meaning that they can you know some say fighters are protected essentially by promoters at times i don't believe that's 100 percent entirely true but i do believe there is an element of truth to that so i i would it forces the hand of people that might not always work together i mean frank and eddie hearn they don't work together they've been rivals for a good few years now um that would force them to work together if if their fighters were put in a tournament yeah, yeah. and that that's what as as fans uh, we want to see that's, what see, that's yeah. exactly what we want to yeah, see yeah. and i think the sourlands have, have, have really for me uh, i've definitely found their niche market this I mean, year they have a good relationship with them anyway don't they, they do yeah they know, do they, they, they have fighters on each other's cards all the time don't they so it, it, was, it was pretty it was, it was a given that they were going to do it together weren't it really yeah I, I, i'm happy i'm happy with that as, as being the event of the year um i've got to put a notable mention in and the, again it's 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 about causing more debate with us um another event of the year some people say um it was an event some people say it was a farce i've talked about it before mayweather and mcgregor guys give your opinions on that 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 had to be apart from the real boxing stuff which is like <laughs> your world boxing super series that outside of that for me had to be the next event of the year which was the most talked about the most speculated on um but didn't give us any surprises no it's just a soap opera it was it, it was a money fight wasn't it it was a money fight that's all it was it was a money fight i didn't watch it to be honest I, just, I, I have no interest in it whatsoever, did you? No, I watched it, yeah. I watched it. I watched it, I did watch it. I wasn't I wasn't expecting a McGregor win. I wasn't expecting anything from McGregor. Uh, I was expecting a Mayweather win, and I got exactly what I expected, because he, he's an MMA fighter transitioning to boxing, and he wasn't... Uh, uh, he wasn't a fantastic fighter uh, himself uh, in terms of, of boxing ability. He's a great striker in MMA, but in terms of boxing ability, he had boxing ability, but he didn't have anything on the level of what Floyd Mayweather had. Um, I think the, the, the reason I put it as a notable mention for event of the year is really just surrounding the hype. It's the hype around it. Social media went absolutely bananas uh, after footage of Malinaji and um, McGregor was online and you know it, that, that's the, that's what they wanted the two guys are very shrewd businessmen yeah. and they wanted that and that is definitely worth noting as, as an event of the year um, as, an, as a notable one anyway but I wouldn't class it as my my event of the year because it wasn't really uh, a t- your typical boxing match so it was an exhibition wasn't it yeah it was it was and um, the money belt that they made for it <laughs> yeah. so you want to walk, how many belts do they want that's actually body I know it's um, <laughs> it's yeah. no it's true you're right I, that, that's that's something that's always annoyed me is is, is is making additional belts where they're not needed sanctioning I know but we don't want we don't as fans as well as, as people that enjoy the sport we don't want to see that uh, we want we want to see the best going in against the best we don't want to see all these um, interim emeritus titles we don't want to see we just want to see ti- so many regarded well regarded titles and we just want to see the best fight the best and, and, and that's it's never going to happen that way you want a national <laughs> a European and a world don't you think that's probably about it it's, it's the problem is it's never going to happen that way we, we know that but if we can get at least you know just four set of standard titles the rest 
I just don't even think they should exist, personally. Silver and diamond. They shouldn't exist. They should. He's. He shouldn't exist. The rankings <laughs> belts aren't they? Yeah. They get the sanctioning fees for it as well, but the class of the rankings belts. Yeah, they do. But then that, that for me, if you look back to the old school and you look back of how it used to be done, and with one title for one division, people had to fight the best, and that, that's how it was always it was. Need to be a belt now, does it? No, no, it doesn't. No. It doesn't. No. But this is boxing. This is boxing in 2017 uh, and 2018. This is what it's like now, and this is what we have to we have to sort of contend with. But um, yeah, so World Boxing Super Series best event of the year for me by far. Um, here we go. So this is another one that I find really interesting, very debatable. Um, is World Fighter of the Year, um, Mike? I'm going to go to you first. Who is your World Fighter of the Year, and why? Uh, put me on the spot though. World fighter, yeah. So we talk, yeah. So we're talking about people like Canelo, Golovkin, Lomachenko, Crawford. Um, yeah, this is who who would you put as your fighter? You know, even I mean, even Mayweather, you you wanted to, but Lomachenko, yeah, yeah, Lomachenko. I, 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 you know, that's mine. Uh, why, why would you pick Lomachenko as your fighter of the year? He's impressive. He's really impressive. He's good to watch. He's, he's very good to watch. He's, he's got all the fundamentals of what boxing needs, and it's it's just, it's just amazing to watch. How he, how he pulls it off, it's just it's just really good. That, that's why he's mine, definitely. What did you think about his uh, fight with Rigondeaux? <sighs> Yeah, it was good. It was it, it was a lot bigger than him, wasn't he? You know, it, it, it was a no-brainer. Yeah, it was a no-brainer. We all knew what was going to happen, didn't we? A good young one beats a good old one. Yeah, yeah, of yeah. You know what I mean? That's what the big, and he was bigger than. Yeah, he was massive, wasn't he? You, he was you can watch Rigondeaux fight guys at his weight division. He, yeah. he completely and utterly schools and done it. Yeah, I think it was just a little bit too much for him. Awesome. Yeah, no, I I'd agree, and then and Lomachenko is actually my favourite fighter of the year, uh, and the reason behind that is just because of the way I've seen him progress over 2017, uh, and I've seen him step up in levels um, o- over the course of the year. Uh, he, he had a tougher fight earlier on in the year, um, but then when the Rigondo fight was made, you know, it got a lot of purists' uh, juices flowing because people wanted to see. Uh, the best amateur fight the best amateur essentially yeah, yeah, because yeah, both yeah. of them have got uh, amazing amateur records um, but as you both really said when the fight came around the size difference was very very notable and it makes a huge difference I didn't realise until fight night how much of a difference there was with them because before fight night I was sat there thinking if Lomachenko puts the pressure on can Rigondo pick him off and that's that's the, that's yeah. a potential of what could happen however come fight night and I've seen the size difference in the ring and I was just like I think Lomachenko's um, definitely going to take this one <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I think there's uh, without a shadow of a doubt Lomachenko's going to take this and he did but I wasn't expecting Rigondo to, to turn his back and quit in the fight I wasn't expecting that yeah that was a surprise that was a very a very big surprise for me because these Cuban fighters are born and bred warriors um, and I they would they love to fight don't they I wasn't expecting. I wasn't. Ex- yeah, he did. But then you you think back to like uh, people like um, Scott Quigg who broke his jaw against um, against Frampton, Ricky Burns who broke his jaw against Beltran and went all the way through to the end. He busted his hand, you know, but he still could have fought. Yeah. <laughs> but for me, pride pride would have took over. Just too much for a minute, I think. And I think he knew he were against the best, and we were bigger than him. Yeah. And there's nothing he could do. But he's, he's, he's that kind of fighter. He doesn't stop. He doesn't stop him with one punch, does he? He's a, no, no. He kind of wears him down. Yeah. He's just, he's just he mount the punches. Yeah. He kind of beats him into submission, yeah. doesn't he? Yeah. No, I agree. He did I did the same against Walters, didn't yeah, he? Yeah, he did. Kind of just was like. I can't, I've had yeah, he did. Yeah, and that's the thing, and I think that was the big breakthrough fight for Lomachenko this year was was the Walters fight, and after that, people started. They, they knew he was going to be something special, but after that fight, when he was brought, he fought a genuine contender, genuine you know hard fighter like Walters. Um, obviously, he, he fought Salido very early on in his career. I think it was his second fight he fought Salido, but when he progressed on and he fought someone like Walters, he was well regarded, and he beat him in submission, as you say. Yeah, yeah. That that's when people. Really really sort of to take notice and think actually this guy you know he really is something special and then he continues on throughout 2017 to beat his opponents into submission <laughs> and now we end, we're ending 2017 with him uh, being touted as 
2018's pound for pound number one fighter, um, which is a, another debatable subject. But we've not talked about your no, um, fighter of the year, Mike Crawford. James Crawford. You didn't even have to think about that. I didn't know. <laughs> I just think he's building a, a, an Hall of Fame type resume legacy. The unified the division, Annie. Um, three good wins this year. Oh, oh, sorry, two good wins this year. Um, I just wish Ricky Burns had got that fight against him, really. Yeah, it would have been. It would have been. And Ricky Burns obviously had his opportunity, and yeah, yeah. Um, he, he kind of he schooled Ricky Burns really. Um, but I don't think that was the best Ricky Burns I've seen on the night either. So Ricky Burns is, is a bit hit and miss. Sometimes he can really pull it off, and sometimes he can get frustrated, and you think he can do a lot better. But obviously Crawford shown there when he beat Ricky Burns that he was something uh, to, to to be looking up at and looking. You know, this guy is actually pretty good. And then over the course of 2017, he's actually really progressed on. I don't think I don't think Indongo was the uh, the greatest of opponents for him, and I had the, I had a very sneaking suspicion that he would completely dismantle Indongo because he was very wild. Yeah. Uh, he was very unorthodox. Um, at times, he even lacked some of the basic skills, and that that's why I was very surprised at the fact that you know he was in there with someone like Crawford, and it took him I think it was two or three rounds. It took him to dispatch of Indongo, yeah, yeah. and he did it in fashion as well, and he took away all the belts. And now he's moved up a weight and he's at welterweight yeah. and he's vacated that title which uh, Terry Flanagan, interestingly enough, is going to be fighting Maurice Hooker for next year. Um, he's vacated and he's going up and he's got an automatic shot at the WBO, 147 crown. Right, um, so it's going to be interesting to see Crawford going up. I think the talk of him fighting Horn, um, oh, which I find an interesting fight, um, but... Manny Pacquiao's still around. What about Manny Pacquiao and uh, Crawford in 2018? Do you think that could come off? Possibly, yeah. I'd rather see him fight Horn, to be honest. I think Horn's a fighter on the up, isn't he? He's younger, he's on the up. I think Pacquiao's had his day, really. He, well, he has. He's on his, he's on his day, he has. I, I, I would agree with that statement. Um, we've seen a lot better out of him. I think he's um, he's got well, obviously one eye on his country uh, and another still on boxing. And I think when you're in boxing, you need to have both eyes on it. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I think he probably is now if he does continue he's in it probably just for the money yeah. no matter what he says I think he is in it just for the money I think he's 36 37 now I think he's uh, I think it's time for him to call it a day personally oh, money, mate. Come on. <laughs> yeah. well yeah the Mayweather fight alone yeah would have made would have made a hell of a lot of money yeah, yeah. Um, but no obviously Crawford you know he, he's definitely uh, one to watch for 2018 but 2017 has been a great year for him he's really come out he's really shown um, he's, he's, he's definitely up there um, I don't think he's been put as number one in the pound for pound rankings but he is definitely in the top five from what I remember looking at the pound for pound rankings so you know it's going to be a bit of a battle for 2018 uh, about who's going to take that number one spot which is what I want to move on to now um, I don't specifically want to say give me your list 10 to 1 but I want to see what you both say about who Who's going to be floating around the top five uh, pound for pound fighters next year? You've got Lomachenko, yeah. Crawford's yeah. going to be there. Yeah. Um, Canelo Alvarez, always learned about there, isn't he? Well, it depends on uh, what happens if it the Triple G fight Triple comes G off. Fight, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, Yeah, because you could say Golovkin as well, couldn't you? Well, this is it. Golovkin, Golovkin is another fighter. Errol Spence. Uh, uh, Errol Spence. Uh, he's fighting um, Lamont Peterson, isn't he? Yeah. Uh, is it January? I think I it's think uh, so, yeah, yeah. a couple of weeks away, yeah. Um, so, uh, I think he beats Lamont Peterson, he fights Furman, and then we see maybe Crawford and Errol yeah, Spence at some point. Like that, that that would be a cracking fight. That would be, that would be a fight I'd love to see for 2018. Um, but Errol Spence, you know, obviously he beat Kell Brook this year and he, he's a fighter on the up and he's somebody who, you know, we could certainly see in that top five next year and I'll, I'll, I'll boldly say he could be in the top five next year because I do think if he beats Peterson, he goes and beats Furman and then puts... I don't know. I couldn't. I couldn't really pick a winner between Crawford and Spence at this point. But if he was to, to end 2018 on a high, he could definitely be in that top five for sure. Yeah, if, if, if he got a win over Horn as well, maybe. Yeah. You know, it could definitely put him in the top five. Yeah, I think so. I think whoever wins out of uh, Triple G and Canelo, <laughs> I think if either one of them win, um, they definitely propel themselves possibly to number one or number two. Number one, number 
Um, but whoever loses that fight, what happens then? Do they drop down back into the back end of the 10? You know, the top 10? Or what, what would you suggest? Because there is a lot of other fighters that could just overtake them. Depends. It, it, you pound for pound, you have a win on, you know what I mean? Your own personal. Well, I think you... We, I've had this conversation before. Yeah. It really depends on what you base your pound for pound list on. So if you were to base 2017's pound for pound list on achievements, who would you put at the top? Crawford. Yeah. You'd have to Crawford. Terence Crawford for me. Have to be. Yeah. And then obviously you'd probably look at maybe Anthony Joshua's got to sound as casual as it it does, but uh, Anthony Joshua's got to be up there around about somewhere, Ronnie. I wouldn't say it's a casual comment. Um, I would say he's definitely up within the top 10 pound for pound rankings. And. 2018 if depending on what he goes on to do in 2018 he could quite well take that top spot Um, if if he beats the likes of Parker and Wilder um, and and any other challenges that come I don't think the Fury fight will happen next year um, which we can we can talk a little bit about the speculation for that um, before we end the podcast but yeah I think I think Joshua is definitely in with a shout if he performs in 2018 yeah. um, but we'll see we'll just see what happens um, with that so pound for pound list I think at the moment um, if you go in off, off official ones I think um, I think Lomachenko's been put at the top from what I remember reading but it depends on who who's official yeah, pound for pound um, who's official pound for pound list that you're looking at um, for me personally I would put him at the top but then people will say well no you can't put him at the top there's so many debates about it yeah. I would put him at the top but I would put Crawford right behind him yeah, for yeah. sure absolutely um, if I was going to put anyone else behind him it's difficult because Triple G and Canelo have done a lot themselves this year but because of their fight it's made it difficult to kind of place yeah, them. Place um, you could place yeah. them third and fourth, or yeah, alternatively, yeah. but it's difficult. I definitely put Joshua in um, up in probably the top, the back end of the top ten yeah. this year. But you've got people like Mikey Garcia, who's, who, who we're forgetting to mention, uh, Linares, even you know as well. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so there's, there's a lot of fighters that have had good years this year, and it's, it's very debatable. And we're never going to be, you're never going to see a top ten on social media, and you're never going to see. Comment saying I agree with that. <laughs> no, you never, you never see that. You're never going to see that. It's, no. I mean, I know, I know, it's, it's very rare. I agree with the box rep one because it's done on a point system, isn't it? Box yeah, rep, yeah. It all, yeah. It's, it's, it's never, it's never as it should be. I don't think. Uh, it's the one that a lot of people go off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That is, is like the Bible, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> the box rep Bible. Um, so moving on from sort of fighters of the year to pound for pound fighters uh, most improved fighter of the year uh, guys who would you have Bill Joe Saunders Chris Sheepon Jr interesting it's an interesting one both both um, obviously guys that have fought <laughs> each other before um, I'll go through I'll go through yours first uh, Mike and we'll go through Billy Joe Saunders first and then we'll go through Mikey's Chris Eubank pick uh, why do you think Billy Joe takes the most improved fighter of the year I just think since he's gone to work with Dominic, Dom, Dom, Dominic Ingle, got my voice stammering there, um, he's just come on leaps and bounds on it. I think he's backing up with a sport, he's taking it seriously. Um, the last two performances um, against Lemieux and uh, William Monroe Jr., weren't it? Yep. I just think he looks he looks a completely. He, he, he's, he looks, he's the same fighter, he's the same fighter that fought Eubank, but yeah. he's got the gas in the tank now. You know what I mean? Yeah. Which, which he used to fade Denny into later rounds, which he did against Eubank Jr. You know, he dominated the first six rounds. I think rounds. he's got the heart back as well, no, he? Yeah, he's got the love back for the sport. Yeah. And I just think he, he completely... He, I think he embarrassed David Lemieux in my eyes. Yeah, definitely. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I, can't, I, can't, I can't argue with that as being one of the performances of the year. Yeah. Uh, with it being so late on in the year as well, um, it's definitely one of the performances of the year. Some, some people might say it was the performance, boxing purist-wise, would say yeah. it probably was the performance of the year. Um, so Billy Joe, you know, is definitely a good shout, that one. Uh, Mikey, you said Chris Eubank Jr. Yeah. Um, why? From the Billy Joe fight, I think he's improved tenfold. I think his the way he dismantles his opponents is just amazing. The way he throws his accumulation of punches, 
is is an all is an all round definitely for me. So he's had three fights uh, this year. He fought Quillen and won the IBO title. Yeah, uh, the lightly regarded IBO title, I might add. Um, and it's an Aussie plumber. <laughs> 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 um, and was that tough though, it? No, he was. It was a tough fighter. He was a very, he was a very tough fighter. But again, it was for a lightly regarded title, um, and people was was slagging Eubank Junior off for that of, win. A lot of people hate him, don't they? Yeah. Well, this is it. He's got a love hate relationship yeah. with the public yeah he was yeah he was um, and then he had a fight with Arthur Abraham which yeah. for me in terms of when you say impressive uh, and, and performances of the year it was very impressive the way he, he beat Arthur Abraham it was very expected though as well because I did feel his work rate and his punch output was going to be Abraham's a bit of a potty plant as well yeah he's um He's, he's, he's stuck in the mud a little bit now yeah. uh, he, he's, he's like he's walking through tar at times now I think he's, he's way past his best yeah. um, he, he obviously is fighting to try and get either a bit of glory or just a bit more money uh, whichever one it is he, you know he's, he's definitely past his best we've seen better Abraham and I knew Eubank would, would beat him in that one but he looked impressive doing it yeah, and that's and, and that's why people obviously starting to take note a little bit more now and then obviously his last performance uh, against Yildirim was the one we talked about earlier which yeah. was uh, a bit of a fight at the OK Corral really with them two um, they, you know they both you know <laughs> it was a gunslinging fight they were just throwing bombs and it was whoever was going to yeah. land the first clean hardest punch was going to go and unfortunately Eubank was the one that did that and yeah. he, he looked he made a statement to, to the world really in the division uh, and and he's not a natural super middleweight either and we forget yeah. that um, I think that works into his advantage I think he's walking right at, at the weight he fights at so he doesn't have to drain himself down for, no. for six or eight weeks you know and he can eat pretty much what he wants and he's full of car- he's full of energy he's full of carbohydrates when he gets in there he's fully hydrated every time and that's why I think he has this edge th- this edge yeah he has that stamina that he has you know you know, I mean someone like George Grove doesn't walk around at like 12 stone he's going to have to kill himself yeah. to get down to that fight weight to fight Eubank you know next year yeah. um, most super middleweights don't walk around at that weight I think that's what gives him the edge up, but that's why he has that extra stamina and you only can throw six, seven punch combinations yeah, like he did against Yildirim, you know. Yeah. Well, we were talking about that fight a little bit earlier on and we'll, we'll bring it back up again. Obviously, you've picked him as your most improved fighter of the year, Mikey. Now he's going to be fighting uh, someone who is definitely his toughest test by far. Yeah. Um, how would you see that fight going? Do you think he's improved enough to beat George Rose? I think so, yeah. Yeah. Mike, loves it. Mike, Mike, you're shaking, you're shaking your head, going, no, no. We've had this debate um, so many times, haven't we? Um, yeah, I think, I think his punch combinations will just be too much for Groves. I think personally. Mike, what do you think? Because you've got a difference of opinion there. I think, I think Groves goes long and wins it on points. Yourself, yeah. I think, I think that's how it works. And he's a natural super middleweight. He's a big, he's a big guy. He hits hard mm. as well. Don't forget. Yeah, he does it. Hard, he can yeah. end with one punch. Yeah, with George Groves. Yeah. you know, we put Carl Froch down. There's not many people do that or done that. No. You know what I mean? Yeah, you got um, point, yeah. Jamie Cox stops him quite easily, didn't he? Yeah. Um, now I rate Jamie Cox. And Jamie Cox is a good fighter. Yeah. You know, um, it's one of them. It's hard to call. I think. I think if if Eubank wins it, it might be because. I think, he, I think if Gross sticker moves, he'll probably take it. But if he stands and trades with you, Bank, I can't see. I mean, he, he, I mean, he, he did. He, he's not too bad when he plants his feet. The wider Gross, you know what I mean? He doesn't have yeah. to play it long. Either. Yeah. You know what I mean? I mean, he showed that, like you say, against Cox when he put that shot into the body. He was flat-footed there against the ropes, pretty much, weren't he? And he, he found his place for that shot, and that was it. Bang, yeah. The fight was over. over. Yeah. You know what I mean? I think he, I think he knew he could do that though with Cox. I think, yeah, yeah. I think he knew he, he obviously he, he he took a few in that fight with Cox, and I think he knew after taking them few punches that he could take him, yeah. and I think he was confident enough to trade with him. Yeah, yeah. However, whilst Eubank is naturally a middleweight, uh, he's got the, the the speed and the stamina. Um, he, he's, he's punched the volume output is 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 phenomenal, and that's, that's... and that's what my pick is for that fight is, is Eubank and I've had this debate with many a people before the same debate you guys have had uh, and why I think Eubank's punch uh, output his speed uh, his movement's going to be key to this fight he's going to need to wear George Groves down he's going to need to be in and out he's going to them uppercuts are absolutely brutal yeah. that he throws and 
the thing with George Groves, as much as I do like George Groves as a fighter and what he can do and what he brings to the table, he has got them defensive vulnerabilities, which we've seen before. Well, he's a great counterpuncher. He is, he is, he is a great counterpuncher, and he could end the fight with one punch, as you say. Yeah, yeah. It's whether Eubank Jr. sticks around long enough to take one of them. Yeah. It's going to cause debate for a few more weeks yet. We've got till February to talk about it. Um, but in terms of, of, of my pick for that one at this moment in time is Eubank Jr. Um, and then we'll go over to my pick for most improved fighter for 2017. Uh, and I will definitely go with Billy Joe Saunders. And I think a lot of the reason why the Billy Joe Saunders pick has been made is mostly because of his fight with Lemieux. Uh, and you can't really just judge it off one fight because he did put a good performance in against Willie Monroe Jr. But then part of me feels Willie Monroe didn't turn up that night anyway. So he kind of put on a bit of a boxing clinic. I think it's, it, it's the progression on the three fights. I think he thought Akerbal for somebody. Yeah. Russian guy early in the year and he looked terrible, didn't he? Yeah, he did. And then he, he has progressed over those three fights, the, I, I think. Yeah. Well, I, I, I've said uh, that the fact that he's moved camps now, not blaming any previous trainers on that, but I, the fact that he's moved camp, he's gone to a different camp with a different trainer, with a different vision, and he's, he's fell back in love with boxing, yeah. which is what you said earlier. And because he's fell back in love with boxing, he is now showing how good he actually is. And, you know, he's beat Lemieux in a very, very... he For me, his, perf- he's a solid fighter, his he? performance he's a solid his performance against Lemieux was better than the Triple G performance against Lemieux. Yeah. I, uh, because, obviously, Triple G, uh, he just steamrolls his way through the opponents. Yeah. He can box very, very well, don't get me wrong. I'm not saying he's just a, he's just a bruiser, but he... he he, he did just punch his way through that fight, whereas Billy Joe made him look absolutely yeah, silly. Yeah, and and obviously, yeah, he, the, the fact that he even had time to look to the crowd <laughs> when he moved away from one of, one of Lemieux's movements, and you just think to yourself, when people start doing that to you, making you look a bit silly, you know, you know you're in there with somebody who can really fight and really box really well. And I think when we talk about improved, improved fighters of the year he has progressed over three fights this year he looked terrible in his first fight he's moved he's reinvigorated himself he's got the dedication back uh, and now we're looking at uh, an exciting 2018 for Billy Joe Saunders because based on that performance uh, and this is a very bold statement and I'm sure it'll cause some debate but I do believe he would be uh, Gennady Golovkin and I do believe he would outbox Gennady Golovkin. Obviously, he'll have to if he can avoid yeah. the big punches. Like cuts the ring off well, though. Golovkin. He does. He does. You're right. But Billy Joe can box very well, and uh, you know he's fought someone with a, a similar style of aggression uh, in in Eubank Junior. Obviously, he can't compare the two in that respect. But in terms of the aggressive side of Eubank Junior and the way Eubank does cut the ring off himself. Um, He's a similar style of fighter, and I think you could probably see where he could potentially beat Triple J. I think Daniel Jacobs has shown the blueprint, and I think in the fight with Canelo, Canelo showed the blueprint as well, and I think Triple G is a beatable fighter. Um, he, he just can punch like a mule, and it's as simple as that. He can punch, he can cut the ring off, but if you can take them punches and you can evade and you can box on the back foot, I think I think you can beat him. When was his last stoppage, Triple G? Oh, um, well, he didn't. Obviously, he, he had the draw with Canelo. Uh, he fought Jacobs, which went twelve rounds. Um, oh God, who was it before that? Oh, it's going to bug me now. Um, we have to do a quick box rec check now to see who it was. <laughs> uh, yes, it was. You're right. It was Kelbrook. You're right. Yeah, it was. Um, I can't. How can I forget about that? <laughs> uh, it was Kelbrook, and, and and again, if you look back to the Kelbrook fight. Although Kelbrook was fighting a guy way bigger than him, he's shown glimpses of what yeah. a fighter the same weight um, could do against Golovkin. Yeah. And I think Canelo, for me, uh, Canelo did really well against Golovkin. And although um, some people were saying it was a farce and it was a robbery and Triple G won it 118-110, I really don't see that, that as the score. I, I thought it was a very close fight and I felt the first I think the first half of the fight was Canelo's the second half was Triple G's and I think deservedly I think it was very very close you could probably if one of them would have won it by one or two rounds either way I wouldn't have argued with that but a draw is the result we got and now we're going to see it again it would have been a rematch either way wouldn't it I think so I think so 
it's a very big money fight yeah and obviously money does talk in boxing um, and I think that's uh, from what I've heard it's scheduled to be happening happening on the same night as uh, Hay and Bellew on May the 5th in America so that because it's uh, Cinco de Mayo over uh, um, in Mexico so it'll be yeah. a it'll be a big kind of event yeah. for them over there um, so that'll be an interesting one to see but yeah most improved fighter for 2017 Billy Joe Saunders for me um I'm really looking forward to what 2018 holds for all these people that we talked about on the list today. Um, I think we're going to wrap it up shortly, but guys, have you got anything about 2017? Any favourite moments of 2017 you want to mention before we, we call it a day? Not really, mate. No. no. It's just been a great year for yeah. boxing, hasn't it? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Every show, every card, a lot of the cards I've watched have been good. It's all been decent, yeah. Yeah. and we've got the local guys obviously uh, it's been a great year for local fighters as well um, going back to the, the, the start of the conversation here uh, there's been a, a great great promotions that I've been on we've had some VIP great shows uh, we've had Black Flash and their shows we've had Kieran Farrell and his shows um, you know I've, I've, I've seen some great shows myself this year in 2017 and I, I, I thought it was you know, if any time was good to get into this type of environment regards to boxing, I think this was definitely the perfect time to do it because I'm now seeing all these guys locally on their journeys. Um, I'm really looking forward to, to what 2018 holds. Uh, any last words for you guys before we, we call it a day? No, I'm wrapped up. No, wrapped yeah, up. I'm wrapped up. So the guys are wrapped up. I just want to wrap this up by saying thank you very much for uh, following Eat Sleep Boxing Repeat through the course of 2017. It's only been six months so far, but it's been a very eventful six months and a very progressive six months. Uh, 2018, you know, it's going to be a big year. Going to be a big year. I think for you guys as well, actually, when we do our uh, Snowflake Promotions podcast, it's going to be a big year um, for all of us three sat around this table today. Um, really looking forward to it. If you enjoy the podcast uh, please leave a review please make sure you give it a share over social media uh, and remember to give us a follow uh, on Facebook Twitter Instagram and there is also a YouTube channel as well uh, so enjoy have a good new year and we'll see you in 2018 thank you thank you thank you Sports Social Podcast Network Hey guys it is Ryan I'm not sure if you know this about me but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can I like to work but I like fun too It's a thing and now the truth is out there I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun Chumba Casino They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week You can play for free anytime anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses So join me in the fun Sign up now at chumbacasino.com No purchase necessary BGW void were prohibited by law See terms and conditions 18 plus.